This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Radio Astronomy, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners, it's time for the October episode. I'm a news editor, Ezzie Pearson, and I'm joined in the studio today by editor Chris Bramley. Hello. Coming up later, we'll be telling you all about the Perseverance rover and explaining how you can see Jupiter in our stargazing tip of the month. But before that, we're just going to take a moment to talk about a very... uh, exciting announcement that should have come out a few days ago and that is the winners of the astronomy photographer of the year awards 2021 Mm -hmm. and there are some absolutely amazing entries uh it's always a bit weird talking about you know a photography competition on a podcast but they are there are some absolutely amazing winners and i I highly recommend you you go in and and take a look at some of them absolutely i mean here they are these stunning images can you just hear how good they are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they really are just stunning and and they they represent so much um input from the from the photographers so much mm. dedication has yeah. gone into not just capturing the data um, but also processing them afterwards which is such a big part of astrophotography yeah um and all the categories are fantastic aren't they yeah the the one that i've i'm always particularly interested in because it's a new category um it's only been it's only its second year which is the annie maunder prize for imaging innovation which is where the judges ask people to not take their own images but to take Mm. images that have been taken by professional telescopes so whether that's the Hubble Space Telescope Mm. or something like Juno or Cassini Um, yes or even an earthbound 
um, professional observatory. Yeah, here on even Earth. even an Earthbound observatory, and 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 process them in a new and interesting, exciting way. Mm. Um, and so there's one of them which it's it's a lovely picture of Jupiter, but the colours are completely unlike anything that you've seen before. Um, the the reds have been made really this this sort of glorious magenta and pink, and it just makes it. Gives us a whole new Marvelous, view yeah, of yeah. another planet. Um, yeah. And then the second one, and this year they chose two, I think, because yes, there was, they did. Uh, there was, um, <laughs> they had obviously had so much difficulty mm-hmm. finding the right one. But um, the second one is amazing. It, right, it reminds me of one of those um, games you used to get in, in stockings where you had to uh, move, <laughs> move the, move the tiles around to get, to get them all um, aligned and show the picture in the right way. Mm. Um, but it's just, uh, it's just amazing the, the way, and it forces you to look in. Mm. at the detail in each in each of the squares yeah so um, it, and this is you really have to study it quite hard to and that bit harder to work out what it is uh, it's, yeah so it, it's it's like a picture of saturn that's all been cut up like a jigsaw yeah. and it's it's very it's very a lot of fun <laughs> it's a lot of fun but temporarily interesting as well yeah, yeah. so yes absolutely um if you want to get a look at those pictures we have them all on our website www.skyatnightmagazine.com we also have them in the magazine as well in the october issue so pick them up there if you want to have them in print um and if that's got you thinking about maybe you know you'd like to enter next year's competition yourself but you worry your astrophotography skills aren't quite up to the task then don't worry because we've got you covered um we're currently running uh the masterclass astrophotography series mm-hmm. which is three virtual talks walking you through every aspect of astrophotography so our first lecture is going to be on the 23rd of september by tom kurz and he'll be telling you what you can achieve using the very device you might actually be listening to this podcast on right now a smartphone Um, then on the 28th of October we have Charlotte Daniels explaining how to take and process skyscapes using a DSLR camera and then finally on the 25th of November Peter Jenkins will be walking you through the process of using specialist astro cameras to take stunning images of the night sky even from urban areas the talks cost £15 each, or you can buy a bundle of all three for £36. And if you're listening to the podcast a little bit late, if you've missed out on one of the talks, don't worry. All of the webinars will be available as a recording as well. For more information or to book tickets, visit www.skyatnightmagazine.com forward slash virtual hyphen events. And we'll have all the details for you there. But for now, we're going to be taking a look over at the Red Planet and the Perseverance rover, which landed on there back in February earlier this year. That's right, Ezra. Yeah, it's been quite an exciting time for Perseverance coming up, hasn't it? Mm. Um, it's 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 done quite, uh, some amazing stuff and some really exciting developments in its travels um, and investigations um, on the Red Planet. But let's just rewind a little bit first and give a little brief um, overview about about the mission. It launched on the 30th of July 2020, landed on Mars on 18th of February 2021. And Perseverance is a car-sized rover. It's got mm. six wheels. Um, it's modelled very closely on the uh, Curiosity rover. Yeah. Uh, so it looks almost identical, um, but it's got uh, one important addition, which is a drill uh, on an extendable arm, which comes out the front of it. Uh, it's got seven other primary payload instruments, 23 cameras, two <laughs> microphones, and also it had a little helicopter on it. And we'll mm. talk about that in a little bit. So it's four, it went there. Um, Perseverance was launched for Mars with four main 
science objectives. First one, look for habitability, identifying past environments that were capable of supporting life, uh, searching for signs of the, that life um, in those in those environments, biosignatures, and particularly the specific types of rock that are known to have preserved signs um, over time. It's going to, the other thing it was, um, went there to do was to cache samples from these rocks. So mm. collecting core, core samples or bits of um, samples of soil, storing them and storing them on the Martian surface uh, in ready for collection um, in the future uh, and bringing back to Earth to, for analysis in laboratories here on Earth. And the last thing it went there to do was um, test the ability to make oxygen mm. um, from ingredients that it's found um, on Mars itself. So when it touched down on Mars, it landed in a in an area called Jezero Crater. Found out the other day, Essie, do you know where Jezero comes from? The name Jezero, why it was called that? I don't, actually. Well, it was, it was um, a vote, I think. And NASA um, selected Jezero um, from, but in the Bosnian language, Jezero means lake. Ah. Um, so that's one of the re- that's one of the reasons. Jezero uh, crater is obviously very dry now, like the rest of Mars, but it looks to have had a very wet environment billions of years ago. They think it was um, a lake for for a very long time in 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 kind of deal in, in Mars's geological history. It's a forty five kilometer wide bowl, basically. So this this thing was basically a lake for for a very long time. Um, and there's evidence from satellite imagery showing that there was a, a river delta, what looks to be a very very you know very suspiciously like a river delta um <laughs> it, and, and it definitely other. does if you've seen pictures it's like yep I, i'm not 100 percent sure what a river delta <laughs> is wrong, but i know it's one of those <laughs> absolutely yeah and and extensive other river features um and what looked to be sediments um in the west of the crater which um perseverance is currently um trundling through now Mm. Yes. So, as you said, it landed on Mars back on the 18th of February, 2021. Mm. Um, And it landed through basically the same way that the Curiosity rover did, um, which is first it uh, did aerobraking. So that's using the the, the planet's atmosphere to to bleed away the majority of its speed as it's coming in, you know, because you have to travel quite fast to get from Earth to Mars in a reasonable amount of time. then it used a parachute to to slow it down the rest of the way, um, but finally to kind of bring it into the surface uh, nice and calmly, it used this thing called a sky crane, which is basically like a platform that's got a whole bunch of thrusters um, and hanging underneath it you have your rover and you land the rover on its wheels on the surface of Mars. Um, which it's so brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, so it's, exciting to watch. It, it. It's one of those things that now, because we've done it twice, so it's you know like this, that's how you land rovers. That's really straightforward. But it's actually when you stop and think about it, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, I think the head of JPL at the time, when somebody suggested it, said it's a crazy idea, but it's the right kind of crazy. <laughs> and the cool thing was, it had uh, Skycrane had cameras on it as well, yeah, didn't it? So it, it was there was, was a really good video. Of, of of it being lowered down to the yes, ground. Yes, what they call the, the seven minutes of terror, mm. which is basically during uh, the entry, descent and landing, otherwise known as EDL. Um, it takes about seven minutes to get down to the surface and there's nothing that people back on Earth can do about it. It's going to go, it's going to do its thing and it'll <laughs> land or it won't and you'll just have to hope. Um, and this was the first time that somebody thought to put on some cameras um, that could... 
But I say they thought it was the first time that, you know, we had the technology mm. capability to, to sort of have these cameras going in full time, real time and, and transmitting back. And it, it's absolutely brilliant. And I highly suggest you look up the videos of that. And so it landed and everything went really well. Um, Skycrane is, is particularly good because it means you can really pinpoint your landing, which meant that um, they managed to get Perseverance much closer to this this river delta, these cliffs that they want to investigate, um, than they might have been able to do if they were just, you know, throwing down something and hope it landing in the right place. And it, it, it landed, it unfolded, it spent its first couple of days kind of checking out all of its systems whilst it was on the surface, making sure everything was working. And then on the 4th of March 2021, it went for its first ever drive. Uh, this was just, you know, going a couple of metres to test that everything was working. But on the date that we're recording this, um, it is sold number 200 for Perseverance. So that's the, set, that's the 200 days. All so 200 Martian days. Martian days, like longer than Which Earth days, is, aren't they? Yeah, Martian days are 24 hours and 30 seven minutes, I mm -hmm. think, which causes quite a few problems if you're working on a 24-hour schedule. Yeah, half hour extra. Um, but people do manage it. And so today is, is number 200 for us. And in that time, it has gone 2.42 kilometres, which compared to how far and how fast the rovers beforehand went is absolutely astounding. Mm. Um, so Curiosity could manage about 20 metres per hour, kind of mm. on average. Um, it could, it did have a much higher top speed, but that was actually kind of like its average speed. Perseverance, it's more like 120 metres per hour. So that's six times as much. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty pacey, isn't it? It's pretty, it's motoring along. Mm. And one of the reasons why it's so much faster is because it's pretty much autonomous. Mm. So what that means is that the the people back at, at NASA, the, the people controlling it, rather than, than getting all of these pictures in of the rover, of what it's looking at, and, and telling it exactly where it needs to go and how it's going to get there, they just say... I want this, I want Mr. Rover, I want you, sorry, Mrs. Rover. They're all girl, all all Martian Rovers are all female. That was set by Donna Shirley back in the, the 1990s with Sojourner. <laughs> uh, and so they tell the Rover that I want you to go over here. And then the Rover just works out how it's going to get there. And it will make its own route and drive its own path and work out where's the obstacles and how to go around them. And so it's, it's a very intelligent Rover. Presumably that's why... It's got so many cameras on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's using those it's using the, the those images to as the basis for the for its kind of um, autonomous decision making. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, and mm. it, that, that that's how it's managing to go. You know, quite such a clip. Also, you know, we've just got better at making things that go faster. Um, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that sort of when when Perseverance first started appearing, I didn't quite realized but it's basically it's like curiosity plus mm. it has all of the things that curiosity had on board of it as well as this kind of thing to to create these caches of rock that it's going yeah. to be getting anyway currently at the minute perseverance is um it, it arrived at somewhere where it's relatively nice and flat and easy to land on um but nice and easy to land on is quite often very boring when you're coming to talk about science, you want to be looking at, you know, cliffs and boulders and rocks and all of those big, spiky, dangerous things that you don't want to land on. Mm. Um, so it is currently making its way over to the the cliffs that mark the edge of that delta. Mm -hmm. And it's currently 
going around sort of a big area of rough terrain. It, it's sort of skirting along the edge of another cliff that it, it's probably a bit too steep for the rover to go down and heading towards these cliffs. And so hopefully should be getting towards those. Uh, I think it's at sometime next year, yeah. uh, 2022, <laughs> that wow, they're hoping yeah, to get there. that's a long journey, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, so they're about two kilometres away. Mm. Um, mm. That's that's by my estimation by looking at the maps. How, how is... Um... You know, you say I could travel at, what is it, 100 120 metres per hour. 120 metres per hour. How is it, I mean, how is it, what is it power? What's powering it? What's giving it that, the, it the, has, the juice, is it? Like? <laughs> it's not petrol, is it? No, it has something called a radiothermal generator, which is basically right. you've got a big lump of uh, radioactive material mm. that is basically acting like a hot, brick <laughs> and then you have a hot potato no, it's a hot potato um, and then you have something called a, a thermocouple device which is basically it's it's a device that can turn heat directly into electricity right mm. they're not the most efficient thing in the world but mm. it, it works um mm. and i I think with perseverance, uh, this was definitely the case with curiosity but it's it, it doesn't generate enough power to completely power the rover sure as it's going so it has to sort of stop at night and charge up its batteries and then yeah. go again yeah okay so it's like a, a nuclear powered yes um uh, robot <laughs> i always basically. yeah when you say it's like a nuclear powered robot i'm sort of you like imagining you know like the sort of like back to the future thing of like there's a, a fusion reactor or something yes, on the yeah, front yeah, yeah, but yeah. no it's just uh, a hot yes brick. it's just a hot yeah it's just a bit of a, a heat it's basically heat <laughs> isn't it that, yeah that, that's the process that's yep. make um, producing the the electricity yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. they also learned a couple of other things from from building the curiosity rover uh mainly to come down to making perseverance's wheels better mm. curiosity has had some terrible terrible problems it really with its got wheels. Some damage, didn't it yeah they mm. bas- they felt started falling apart a lot faster than people were expecting them to mm-hmm. and it's it's okay it can still go but they have to be a bit careful about exactly what terrain they go over and and it's it's slowing things down a bit yeah um so perseverance has larger wheels in terms of their diameter mm. but they're much narrower and they also have a wavier tread pattern nice which apparently helps it get grip more <laughs> and and is it isn't Part of the tread pattern isn't it made of titanium? Yeah, as well? yeah. There's 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 lots of titanium bits on perseverance. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it's, yeah, it's currently driving up towards the, the, the cliffs at the base of this delta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's then going to drive along those cliffs until it gets to an ancient shoreline. And it will be taking, you know, rocks and creating these caches the entire way as it goes along. Mm. Um, and then finally, it will come up over the crater rim and explore the surrounding plains. And I think the idea is to leave the sort of the main cache that that a future mission is going to come along and pick up mm. on that plane because it's it's a bit easier to to sort of get there but yeah i don't think they've quite announced those plans they've, they've probably started thinking about that those sorts of things at nasa but they haven't announced anything yet but when i first read about the plan for the caches and 
retrieving mm. them. They, you know, there were these diagrams of these. Um, well, they're like they're like I think they're t- titanium tubes as well, aren't they? So they're yeah. And these this is like priceless collections of of soil samples that are going you know kind of come back to earth on a 30 year time scale and yet they just let they just leave them strewn around them around the martian surface it's just like yeah. hang on a sec shouldn't just be a bit more put I, them away hide them somewhere or something or like put a flag there or something yeah i i think they are going to be a bit more it's not just like it was just like oh we're just going to throw this <laughs> over, here. over, the <laughs> throw over the, i think the yeah. idea is to like leave them sort of grouped together uh, I think they yeah. are going to have more than one caching site, so they'll right. be dropping them off en route just in case something goes wrong with Perseverance. Because mm. as 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 good of a track record as JPL and NASA have with their rovers, it's not perfect, and they mm. do sometimes get stuck. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's a long way from home, isn't it? Yeah, so, you yeah. can't you can't send an engineer to go mm. in and fiddle with it. Basically, indeed, yeah. indeed, yes. But I think I think it's one of the things that that. Perseverance has really helped with this time is uh, is the helicopter, its ingenuity. Yeah. yeah. It, because after its initial test flight, um, it's now it's now passed all its tests with flying colours, and it's it's now an essential part of the mission. It's it's mm. it's providing it's a scouting facility for for Perseverance, looking ahead, seeing any dangerous patches of. Of terrain that's coming up, spiky rocks, trap, you know, sand traps, for instance, like that, that 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 could bog the bog it down in. That's perhaps why progress is being quite so fast because it's it's got these mm. extra eyes in the sky, able to able to look around and 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 feed back to to um, perseverance and and you know the mission team back on Earth. Um, to help them plan ahead a little bit more. Yeah, because that's that's one of the big advantages of something like Ingenuity, which mm. is the, the helicopter scout. Um, mm. Like because beforehand, the only sort of reconnaissance we have is these orbiters yes. uh, with very low resolution images, yeah, yeah, yeah. or what the rover can see, and it can only see short way in front of it. And, yes. and and Ingenuity is kind of like bridging the gap between the two and mm. um, mm. helping fill in some of the gaps. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an amazing story, um, ingenuity, um, and a historic achievement as well, um, because it's the first powered flight on another on another planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened um, back in um, April, didn't it? Um, on the nineteenth of April uh, was its first takeoff and successful flight. Um, the first powered flight on another planet it lasted forty seconds. Uh, since then, it's done um, thirteen other flights. Uh, individual flights have covered hundreds of meters, mm. um, so it flies about two hundred meters each time. Mo- um, most times, it does about that. I think the longest one was six hundred meters um, when it, when it did. And you said we thought Percy's uh, speed was quite good. This um, in- ingenuity fl- uh, flies at around ten miles an hour, uh, so it's, <laughs> it's is... even more rapid still. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. So the flights, the individual flights, last around. Um, three minutes. Um, so far, it's logged about twenty-five minutes of flight time and travelled a total distance of three kilometres, which is a you know a, a huge achievement for this. For, it's the very first time. It's mm. a proof of concept design, so we weren't even it's, sure if it was going to work. Yeah, initially. it's also that means it's faster than a person. I think. <laughs> ju- ju- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's about I, speed I of running, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't do speed. three kilometers in twenty-five minutes. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, which, yeah. which is that's that's quite interesting because it's like yeah. if there was a person 
on Mars. Like, it'd be faster than a rover, but it wouldn't be yes. faster than Ingenuity. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, you, you think, what, what is this thing like? I mean, I always think it's it's like a drone. It's like a drone, basically. Like, you know, mm. when you see, if you've ever been out in a beauty spot and you've heard that slight buzzing and looked up and there's a drone there taking getting some awesome video aerial yeah. shots. It's about, it, that's the kind of thing to picture in your head if you're thinking, well, it, what does this thing look like? It's about that size. Mm -hmm. It's pretty tiny. It weighs 1.8 kilos and it, and the body of it is um, it's about 15 by 20 um, centimeters in size. Um, it, one, the one crucial difference though is because Mar the Martian atmosphere is so rarefied and thin <laughs> it's only about one percent of earth's atmosphere basically the, the the thickness of earth's atmosphere um, or the density i should say of Earth's atmosphere um that means that ingenuity's rotors have to be that much bigger so um, they're about 1.2 meters in diameter and it's got two sets of rotors um that spin in opposite directions and it, the spin is 10 times faster than helicopter rotors need to need to spin on earth um, mm. to to give it that lift yeah. um in in the very rarefied um atmosphere of mars so and it's similar to perseverance in another way in that it's largely independent so it makes its decisions by itself uh, it guides its own flights and that's obviously very necessary because otherwise there would be a 15 minute lag in communications between the helicopter and earth and when you're flying it even at flying at 10 miles an hour you need to make you need to decide where you're going in pretty mm. much instantaneously so um that helps it and it has a, a array of sensors as well that help it um that give it the data to, to base the decisions on but no other scientific instruments obviously because it was a test bed yeah uh, really um but now with its success nasa engineers are uh, have the data from the flights and and you know proof of concept and they're already working on next generation successes um they're looking to make something that's much more functional um and Considering a craft that's significantly larger, something you know around the weight of um, twenty to thirty kilo kilograms uh, range, perhaps, and, and which will be able to carry science payloads. So, yeah. you know, this could be this could be you know the last, or you know, we could see any other kind of land mission to a suitable planet with a with enough atmosphere would have would have a kind of you know this would be a it would have a scout flying scout as part of it you know as kind of matter of course kind of yeah thing. i think one of the the really big advantages that something like ingenuity or, or a helicopter would have is mm. that it doesn't care about how rough the terrain is exactly so yeah. so yeah. for instance i was looking at the because there's loads of these really cool visualization maps showing you exactly where perseverance is and where it's gone mm. um, and there's one called the mars 2020 mission tracker which shows you where like ingenuity has gone mm. and there was one of the flights that it did sort of crossed over this sort of triangular patch of rough terrain um and that was mm. like one three minute flight mm -hmm. and it has taken perseverance 70 souls to go around My that goodness yeah um so and also if if you know this was a dedicated mission you could have landed ingenuity in that that rough patch where mm. a rover couldn't have gone. Mm. And and I think that's what makes it really exciting is is they can get into the bits where where a rover can't. Mm. Um mm. so that's that's gonna be really exciting. And I do hope they actually, you know, get one of those missions off the ground at some point. Yeah, um, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, there's currently I know there's one a similar mission that's currently planned to go to Titan called Dragonfly. 
Um, it would be good there, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's coming yeah. in within the next... Uh, Titan being one of the moons of Saturn. Mm. Um, so that's coming in the next decade. Um, mm. And there's also been various people saying similar things about in the, the atmosphere of Venus, um, which has been getting a bit more traction in the last year with the potential sighting of phosphine in the atmosphere. Yes, so indeed. Trying maybe, to work out what, what exactly <laughs> that's coming from. Yeah. Maybe, maybe rovers are done. Maybe it's now the age of the helicopter. Mm, <laughs> mm, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, however, the rover still... Is, is is currently still raining over on Mars um, and Perseverance has been hard at work whilst it's been over there. So whilst it's been doing its, its 2.4 kilometre long drive, um, it has started taking some of these, these samples and catching them or at least attempting to. Uh, so Perseverance only has 43 sample tubes. That's as many as it's okay. got. And, and again, these are the titanium sample tubes. Uh, they're about 10 centimetres long, I think. And um, they're, 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 they're white and, and gold and they look very, very sophisticated. Um, nice. But actually, the white has a very practical purpose. It's to stop them getting heated by the sun and potentially changing the composition of what's inside. So it's basically trying to keep what's inside as hermetically sealed as possible away from the atmosphere where it can be, you know, as it goes into the tube is how they want it to come out again at the other end when we eventually pick these up. However, first, you need to get the sample into the tube. And this <laughs> is where, unfortunately, Perseverance has come a cropper. Um, so the first attempt to take one of these samples happened back in August. And at first, everybody was very excited. It seemed everything had gone to plan. The The procedure is all automated and it all seemed to have gone according to plan. It said, yes, I've taken the sample, I've put it in the there and I've now stored this tube perfectly fine. And then the next day, Perseverance sent back a bit more data after it had been like investigating exactly how much sample had it taken, how much uh, of, of rock had it taken from the surface to Mars. And unfortunately, the answer was zero. Oh yeah, yeah, there was there was nothing in the tube, <laughs> um, and this led to a lot of of, of people wondering like what's happened. Uh, did it not go in the sample tube in the first place? Did it get lost somewhere on the rover? Has has an alien come along and stolen it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think that one was a bit unlikely, but <laughs> some people did wonder. Um, but actually, what had happened was it turned out the rock they drilled into the rock. That had all gone to plan. Like they could see the hole, but the place where they decided to drill was just way too crumbly. Mm. And instead of grabbing a lump of rock, it just crumbled to dust. And there hadn't been anything in the the sort of sample arm when it it, it picked up, and so it hadn't transferred anything into the tube. Um, but oh. there was no checks like that at mm. that point. There is now. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't um, Perseverance's fault. It was it was, it was Mars's it was the, fault. It was, the, it was the rock. It was Mars's fault. It Goodness was a, a, Mars has a has a long and storied history of being mm. very uncooperative when it comes to rocks. Mm. Um, so back in the early two thousands, there was the Phoenix lander, which um, tried to scoop up some of the dust off the surface and and. Basically, the, the 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 ground kept sticking to the scoop rather than going where it wanted to go, and they couldn't <laughs> clean it off properly. Um, and more recently, the Insight uh, lander, um, which it it had a heat probe that was supposed to go into the surface, uh, drill itself into the surface mm. of Mars. But again, Mars was too crumbly; it couldn't get decent purchase, and so they have now officially given up on trying to get that in. Mm. Um, 
that is one of those things that sort of gives you a case for sending humans to Mars. Because, it would be so much easier, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, like if the, oh, the heat probe won't go in, mm. I'll hit it with my hammer. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, or I'll just like, yeah. oh, I'll just I'll stamp clean, it with my boot. Cl- clean off that scoop. There we go, nice and clean. Yeah, so that there is like... JPL and NASA have done some amazing work with getting these machines to do some amazing things, mm. but there is some stuff that humans are just better at doing. <laughs> mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so after this, um, this kind of, they worked out exactly what had happened. They've added some new steps to the sort of automated procedure of creating a sample. Um, so now the, the rover visually confirms that there is a sample in the tube before it gets stored. Because mm. once it gets stored... It's not coming out again until it's being cached and then it's not getting opened again until it's back on Earth. Um, And you've only got 43 shots, so they really want to make sure that... Mm. Yeah, I I think the... counts. Yeah, Mm. the the mission goals is to get at least 10 samples. Right. um, But obviously they want to get more than that. Mm. Mm. Uh, But currently, four of the sample tubes have been have been stored away. Uh, two of them are soil samples, in adverted commas. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was the, the the one that happened at the beginning of August, and the other one was the one that happened on the 10th of September, which was much more successful. Um, so that one, they did manage to confirm that there was... In, so on the 10th of September, they went to a much more solid-looking rock, one that they were pretty sure was going to be hard enough that the, the drill would work and it would get the sample and everything would work. And that was a rock named Rochette, um, right, because they always name their rocks. Um, yeah. Usually, like when you look into it, it's something terribly nerdy. I don't know where Rochette comes from. Well, uh, I thought I, you know, what I thought because it's a briefcase sized yeah. rock. I thought Rochette sounds like the the model name of a briefcase. <laughs> you can imagine the new Rochette, perfect for your business wear. It, I, I reckon if it was that kind of thing, if you look, if you like, if you Google Rochette, it'll it'll be Mars rock, and then the results will also be types of briefcase. <laughs> Other briefcases are available, <laughs> but. Um, Yes, yeah, so, so on the 10th of September, it managed to take its first sample. It's all been stored away. Everything looks like it's groovy. There was also two other samples have been taken, uh, but something slightly different. One was a gas tube, which was literally just sampling mm. gases from the air. Um, and the other one was a what's called a witness tube, <gasps> which sounds very sinister. But mm. actually what it is, is it's got a, a certain material inside the tube and it's designed to capture the particulates in the air. So, so right. it's, it's designed to get the dust that's already in the air so they can see what's in the atmosphere. And those are the sort of... There's there's, there's five of these witness tubes on Perseverance and it'll take them at various points. Mm. Um, and that's to help, you know, calibrate and, and give a full picture so you're not just looking at the rocks, you're also looking at the atmosphere and what's going on around right. it. And actually, probably, generally we've seen in in the history of, of missions that have failed to take in inverted commas failed to take samples even when they do come back to earth people have managed to get something out of them so Mm. the first hayabusa mission didn't manage went to an asteroid it was supposed to return samples but everything went wrong with hayabusa Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it did manage to get home but it had like sort of you know nanograms of, of dust on board but still you know there's been dozens of papers that have been done on that um and i'm sure the same will happen with this so-called empty tube there'll be mm. you know something in it that's highly useful or they manage to get a couple of grains of dust or something so hopefully 
that one will still come home and and still hopefully help us get a better picture of Let's what's going so. on mm. on Mars. Absolutely. Um, so yes, the 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 plan is is now it's going to spend the next uh, couple of years going around Mars, creating these caches of rock and leaving them around the surface. And what the people back at, at NASA and ESA and JAXA, which is the Japanese Space Exploration Agency, are working on the follow up mission, um, which is to send a a fetch rover. It's called um, that will run around the surface, collect up the caches, and mm. then launch it into orbit. Where a third mission will come along, scoop up this, and return it to Earth, and uh, somehow return that in a way that will deal with something called planetary protection. This is all going to be autonomous, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all, all autonomous. Um, going to be robotic. So when you when you say um, when we're talking about Mars ascent vehicles, we're talking about fairly small. Mm. Sounding rocket-sized yeah. um, spacecraft, aren't we? We're yeah. not talking about um, massive kind of human, you know, rockets big enough to launch a human. Into yeah, space, it is. We? It is. It is quite fortunate that if you're just launching a, a, a couple of tubes of rock, you need a much smaller rocket mm. than if you're trying to launch a, a big, heavy human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all of their um, like um, life support, life support equipment. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. what it's called. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the interesting thing yeah. as well that and that say stage is when the so when these the Mars sent vehicles are basically they're sent into orbit around Mars, then they have to be picked up by a by a what is it like a ferry satellite or something? Don't they? yeah. So, so it's there's there's a third mission which is it's basically the idea is is partly it's just easier to separate these two things out mm. rather than putting trying to work out everything with your weight allowance on one mission mm. and. Also, it means that you've got two parts which are completely separated. So you've got the the rocket coming up from the surface of Mars, and then it will be completely enclosed by this third mission, mm -hmm. which means that anything that comes back to Earth won't have any Mars on the outside. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's, they were very... Apparently, Perseverance is the cleanest thing that's ever gone into space. Oh, my God. Because because they had to, they scrubbed every inch of this yeah. because they like there's nothing you don't want to be going looking for signs of life on yeah. Mars and, and they say well actually you, you know. go through all of this and find out that what you found is signs of life on Earth that have been to Mars <laughs> but that'll be interesting to see so it'll probably it'll be at least another decade before these samples actually make their way home mm. um, but it is an exciting time to mm. be to be looking towards Mars and it the really Red is. Planet yeah. Now it's time for the stargazing tip of the month. This October, Jupiter will be out shining in the night sky every evening. The planet is an easy spot, even from light-polluted skies, as it's one of the brightest things to see after dark. To find it in the evening skies, look to the south. It'll already be above the horizon as the sun sets throughout the month. On the 1st, it'll reach its highest point at around 10pm, when it's 22 degrees above the horizon. Jupiter reaches its highest point, or culminates, to use the astronomical term, slightly lower as the month progresses, and reaches the highest point slightly earlier each night. The planet is clearly visible to the naked eye, but if you've got a pair of binoculars or a small telescope, you should be able to make out the round disk of the planet, and might even catch a glimpse of the four Galilean moons. Jupiter is also currently accompanied by another planet, Saturn. Although considerably dimmer than Jupiter, Saturn is still a bright magnitude 0.5. And on the 1st of October, it'll also be in the south, around 18 degrees above the horizon and about 3 degrees to the right of Jupiter. 
Though the pair would be visible throughout the month, you might want to put the 14th of October into your diary, as on that date, they'll skirt close to the waxing gibbous moon for a great photo opportunity. So that's it from us this month. You can read about the Perseverance mission or see the winners of the Astronomy Photographer of the Year Awards in the October issue of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we also learn what astronomy can be done even from light-polluted skies, investigate the current condition of the Hubble Space Telescope, and take a tour around the highlights of the autumn sky. And that's not forgetting our regular sections that will help you unlock the wonders of the night sky, find the right equipment to observe it with, and discover the best things to see after dark this month. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Radio Astronomy podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Brittany Colley. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. <laughs>